Welcome back to the EM Stud Podcast. I'm Dr. Nate, and today I'm sitting down with some of our fourth-year medical students, as well as some of our interns, to answer questions about how to do well on interviews. First, let's meet our guest panelists. Thank you, Dr. Lewis. Uh, my name is Josh Lloyd. I'm an intern here at uh, VCU Emergency Medicine. Uh, I have a background in EMS. I'm actually uh, relatively local to the Richmond area. Uh, I went to medical school here at VCU and uh, decided to stay um, here for my residency training. I actually had my initial paramedic training here at VCU, and I've always been very impressed with the um, patient population and the, the clinical uh, uh, acumen of, of everyone here. That's why I chose to stay here. Thanks, Josh. My name is Rohit. I'm also one of the uh, ER interns here at VCU. Um, I'm originally from Gainesville, Virginia, but that's only for the last two years. I've lived all over the country, from Texas to Philadelphia, um, down to South Africa. I went to undergrad at Virginia Tech, did medical school at St. George's, and I came to VCU largely because this is now my community hospital. My, uh, my parents come here, my grandmother comes here. This is uh, my environment, and uh, a lot of the people I care about work here and uh, belong to this community. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks also for taking some time out of your incredibly busy schedules to be here. I'm sure the students appreciate it. Uh, so before we go forward, let me uh, just catch everybody up here. In case you haven't listened to the EM Stud podcast on interviews, I highly encourage you to do that. Uh, you can visit that at www.emstud.com. Just click on what we're calling the seven P's of RSI, or really stellar interviewing. And those steps briefly are preparation, practice, punctuality, professionalism, precision, avoiding pet peeves, and putting it all into perspective. Uh, but without rehashing the entire contents of that podcast, what I'm going to do now is just open it up for questions. Who wants to go first? So as a fourth year medical student with some interviews, I guess, upcoming here, what would you recommend I do to, I guess, first maybe rehash the preparation that I could be doing right now for each of the interviews? Uh, so great question. That is something that uh, certainly comes up each year, uh, mainly how do I prepare for an interview? And uh, I would recommend starting by going to the website of whatever program that you're interviewing at next. Uh, you can do that the night before. Hopefully you've been looking at the websites ahead of time so that you know which programs you're applying to. Uh, but the website will have lots of useful information about uh, some of the specifics, including, uh, say, how many rotations they have in the ICU, how many rotations they do on pediatrics, uh, when they do anesthesia, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Lots of stuff that you don't want to sound like you don't know when you show up on the day of the interview. If you show up and ask questions that is written in big bold letters on the website, you will look like you are grossly unprepared, and so you don't want that. Um, it's also good to take a look at the faculty member profiles, if they have that on their website. And the reason is because some of their faculty may be well known across the country or internationally for uh, publications of certain things or uh, maybe they have a specific interest in wilderness medicine, for example, and if you're interested in wilderness medicine, uh, you can try to talk to that faculty member, at least bring it up and say that that's something that you're interested in, some reason why you like that program. So what are the most common pitfalls that you're aware of? I got it, Josh. I think the... the um 
one of the most common pitfalls is not knowing what you want to get out of the interview. I think the interview is a very interactive process. I think it means as much to the applicant as it does to the interviewer. So when you go to a place, I think it's not about perf all about, I should say, performing well, but rather you have to remember that the program is on an interview as well. So it's hard to do that in the stress of the moment. Um, so I'd say that's probably one of the most challenging uh, pitfalls or oversights that one, that one could have at an interview. So I, th I think there's also just uh, something to be said about good interviewing techniques. Uh, but simple things such as, you know, showing up late. Uh, you certainly don't want to get on anybody's bad side by showing up late off the bat and you're that one guy who showed up after the start of the presentation. Uh, that can look bad. Don't chew gum during your interview. Um, don't hit on anybody. Uh, that's usually frowned upon. Um, and just, you know, make sure that you're, you give the impression that you're happy to be there, that you're excited to be there, that you're eager to meet everybody, you shake everybody's hand and look them in the eye. Uh, falling asleep on the tour uh, is generally frowned upon as well. And just kind of keeping up that energy is, is very important. So I understand that some programs will look at your CV and some will not. I guess that's my first question. If that's true, then we can go to Part B. Uh, yeah, so actually uh, the program director will have looked at your CV. The uh, other interviewers uh, usually consist of some of the core academic faculty or education faculty, uh, plus or minus a resident or chief resident. For example, here we have the chief resident do interviews. Uh, and I'm not sure if um, they are all offered your CV and just choose not to look at it, or if there are some programs that specifically uh, don't give that to the interviewers, um, but the thought is that if they read your CV, they could become biased by what they see. And the interview is not really so much to determine uh, if you're a great candidate for emergency medicine, but really just to kind of get to know you, to see if you're a good fit for the program. So for general questions, things like um, tell me about yourself or, or things along those lines, is it better than to spend your time talking about things that aren't on your CV, or is there some benefit to rehashing some of the, the highlights, I guess, that are on there? It, it depends, I think, on how strongly you feel about your CV. Uh, if, they, uh, if they say, you know, tell me something about yourself that you're particularly proud of and it happens to be on your CV, then sure, bring it up and, and talk about it. Uh, if it turns out that there's a really great experience or story that you'd like to share that wasn't in your personal statement or it's not on your CV that you think is helpful, uh, I would go with that too. Um, generally, uh, anything that's on your CV is information that they already looked at before inviting you to an interview. So whether or not you're, you want to rehash that, if you, if you really want to talk about it, then great, but don't feel like you have to. Um, so I think my biggest question is that you have like a pretty limited amount of time at the places you interview, like maybe half a day or a day or so. And so do you have any tips to figure out if like it's somewhere that you're going to fit or any, anything like that? So I think there's a, a couple parts to that. Um, the tour is almost useless um, with the exception of the department itself when you're down there kind of looking and seeing just kind of how the residents are moving around. Um, you know, how do they look? Do they look happy to be there, not happy to be there? The rest of the tour uh, is honestly useless. You don't, you don't really care what the ICU looks like or the cafeteria. Um, 
but I spent uh, a lot of my time thinking about the interactions I had uh, during the interviews themselves. I mean, these are the folks that the program has chosen to kind of be the face of their program. And if I didn't get along with a couple of the interviewers for whatever reason, I didn't like the way they asked questions or just didn't seem to click, I, I kind of took that to heart, um, especially if it was one of the residents. Um, I had a couple of interviews where I just I didn't really feel like after the interview, I was like, that just didn't go very well. And it wasn't because I didn't know the answers to the questions. It was more I just I didn't really click with that interviewer. And if they were, you know, a chief resident, even though they wouldn't be there by the time I started, I felt like, you know, that they kind of stood for what the program was. Um, and so I, I really took those interactions uh, with residents and the program director, because the program director is going to be there. They set the tone for how things are going to be in the department. Um, and I had a couple interviews where the program directors were really amazing people. Um, and I ranked those places higher just solely based on that. Um, and I had a couple places where the program directors were very cold and aloof, and um, I ranked those very low. I think also a good way to kind of gauge that is just try to meet as many people as you can. Uh, and most programs will go out of their way to at least give you pizza or something at lunch uh, so that you can meet some of the residents. And try to look at it as if, uh, you know, the, this group of residents, um, you know, would you want to hang out with them for the next three years? Because guess what? You will be if you go to that program. Same thing with the faculty members, same thing the people that you interview with. Is this somebody that you would want to work with? They're thinking the same thing. Is, is this uh, applicant somebody that I want to work with and have hang out with me for three years? And if the answer is yes, that you like everybody and um, you are impressed by how happy the residents are and how much they seem to like the program and you can actually visually imagine yourself coming to work at that hospital every single day or almost every single day for the next three to four years. Um, I, I think you can almost listen to your gut on that one. I think there's also something to be said for the dinner the night before. I think the number of residents that come out, I think the, uh, the restaurant that they choose, I think the fact that the guys that are all drinking water versus the guys that are having a couple drinks, the guys that are willing to talk to you about I don't know what they did this afternoon if it was fishing or golfing that may be an outdoor program or a guy that talks to you about studying journal articles all afternoon that may be a more academic program I think that at least for me it was a time to see through the facade it was a time to see the real people and who they were and what they stood for um, I also judged programs by the number of residents they had come out I think it's important to give back and I think that's um, one of the ways that young younger residents um, do so in the uh, previous podcast, I didn't spend a whole lot of time about the night outs, um, and perhaps I should have. Uh, but it is somewhat of a pet peeve, I think, for some people if you don't make an effort to come. The programs themselves invest uh, not a small amount of time and money in putting together these events, paying for food and drinks uh, for their residents to um, attend uh, to answer your questions and to get to know you guys. Uh, so if you can at all possible, you should come. You should go. Uh, that way it benefits you. You get to know the residents a little bit better. You get to ask some questions where typically faculty will not be invited to. Uh, and they also get to know you. And I think you, you take away from that much more, um, uh, or at least a much better feeling for whether or not you, you kind of click with those folks. 
Um, if you can't make it, certainly we understand that, you know, if you have a last-minute flight or, or something like that. Um, but just don't be that guy who didn't go just because, oh, I didn't know about it or I just wasn't feeling up to it. Um, the other side to that I should mention is uh, don't go and make an ass of yourself. So if you want to have a drink, uh, that's fine if everybody else is having a drink, but just don't um, act inappropriately, don't say anything you wouldn't want uh, brought up on interview day. Uh, just keep in mind that even though it's technically off the record, uh, the residents will remember anything that you do and uh, can bring it up after the fact. Uh, so I guess to follow up, do you feel like it's a red flag if uh, a program doesn't have like a dinner the night before with the resident? Uh, you mean a red flag for you as the applicant? Yes. There are, at least most of the programs I know of do have some sort of a night out. Now, not every program has a night out for each set of applicants. Like here, for example, we will have uh, some sort of event uh, for two days of interviews. So it'll be a night out after the interviews for one group, and it'll be a night out before for the next group um, the subsequent day. Um, if there is not a night out offered, um, you could certainly ask if there are any other social events planned around the same time to see if you can attend and get to know the folks. I don't know that I would consider it a red flag, though. Uh, there certainly are some limitations in what people can provide and uh, what their budgets allow for. Uh, and, you know, if they splurge on a really great lunch, for example, they, they may not be able to do that plus a night out. Um, you could ask and ask them if they have something like that. but. Uh, I, I wouldn't drop it off my list just because of that. So I know that um, in these interviews, there's oftentimes a uh, opportunity to ask questions to the interviewer. So what are some good questions that can uh, give us a better feel for the program that isn't, you know, just information and statistics that can be found on the website? I'm really glad you brought that up. Uh, this has always been... Um, kind of a painful part of the interview for most people uh, because if you can imagine yourself interviewing with three or four people per program and going on X number of interviews throughout the season, uh, everybody will ask you if you have questions for them. You will be asked this on the tour, you will be asked this in your interview, you will be asked this in the introduction, uh, they'll send you emails and uh, quite honestly, at the end of the interview season, you will have no more questions about anything ever again for the rest of your life. Uh, so you need to have something prepared is kind of the bottom line there. Even if it's a generic question, uh, something that you actually do want to know, though, um, something like, um, well, not something that you could just read on their website, but something like, uh, what do your residents feel is the strongest uh, part of this program is a great question. Uh, to ask that actually gives you some useful information or what do the residents perhaps uh, feel is the weakest point of this program. Um, depending on who you interview with, uh, whether or not they bring up something that they're interested in too, like if you bring up that, I, oh, I love to cook and they love to cook too, you can ask them, hey, are there any good restaurants around here? Kind of just take it uh, as you go through the interview with a few sets of uh, backup questions uh, written down as well. I don't, do you guys want to comment on that too? Yes, yeah, so I agree that it's nice if you 
are paying attention in the interview and can kind of parlay off something that was said in the interview and, and kind of follow up and, um, and discuss that. Um, but it's also good to have a couple of canned questions in the back of your mind um, that you care about. Um, so you really need to put a little thought into it. So my canned questions were, um, I asked about the pediatric experience. So on the website, they're going to tell you whether they do integrated peds during, you know, EM blocks, or if they do their own separate peds month or whatever else. So don't ask that question. Ask them, you know, how do your senior residents feel about their pediatric education? You know, do you, you know, what do you think the strengths are of your, you know, pediatric ER department? Who works in the peds department is a good question. If you care at all about your pediatric experience, because some peds uh, ERs are not staffed by peds EM folks. Uh, majority of the time. Um, and my other question, I have a personal interest in EMS. I mentioned in, you know, um, doing a fellowship in EMS. Uh, so I would always ask questions. I, every website's going to tell you, oh, we have a EMS block or, you know, you do two weeks on an ambulance. You know, I'd ask, you know, some more in-depth questions. Tell me about how the university interacts with local EMS agencies. Are there any current residents who are participating you know, as a medical director or associate medical director, you know, just take the questions one step further than what the website is. Um, and it helps because they're going to know, um, they're going to know if, if you really want to know, you know, the answer to the question. You know, some people will ask about percentage of, of graduates that go on to uh, academic positions versus community or go on to fellowship. And if that, web, you know, information is not on their website, that, that's a decent can question. Um, but kind of trying to make it a little bit personal to you um, and something that you would actually remember the answer to um, is going to help it kind of seem more real. The other thing I would avoid is just uh, if you're asking your question, make sure that you, you actually, like Josh mentioned, make sure you actually do care about the answer. Um, if you ask the same question such as what's the board you know, pass rate for the red graduating resident class, if you ask that to every single person that day, they're going to go back and talk about you and say, oh, hey, he asked me this great question about, you know, how many people pass their boards, and he seemed really interested about that. And the next guy is going to say, yeah, he asked me the same thing. He just couldn't come up with any more questions. So it's going to look a little weird. Um, also, I don't be that stereotypical student who asks, how many trauma patients am I going to see? Inevitably, that is on everybody's uh, like gotta know list. How much trauma do you see here? And quite frankly, uh, we do other things other than trauma, just so you know. Uh, and it's just one of those questions that we hear over and over so much that it just it. I think it kind of lands in in people's laps the the wrong way. Right, would you guys agree with that? Uh, absolutely. I think that. Uh Trauma is one of the many aspects of emergency medicine. I think that um, in general, trauma is dominated uh, by surgeons. I think that we rely very, uh, very much on an interdisciplinary team. And I think trauma is just um, not the core of emergency medicine. I think it's just one of the many aspects. So to be so focused in one aspect of a field that's so vast is kind of odd to me. Well, now that being said, if you really do care about trauma, like one, that's one of the things you love about emergency medicine is trauma, and, and it tends to be for a lot of us. Uh, you can't go into emergency medicine without liking trauma, I guess. Um, 
you may want to first look at the website and see how they structure it. So there is some difference between programs such as here, where every single shift you will likely see trauma of some sort, versus other programs that have you rotate out to a separate hospital, you know, hospital for a month or two at a time uh, to do your trauma, where you're doing nothing but trauma, but when you come back to your home uh, hospital, you don't tend to see as much. Uh, and whether or not you're training at a level one center like here can make a big difference because as Rowett mentioned, uh, we have a very heavy uh, interdisciplinary approach to uh, how we deal with uh, bad traumas here. But if you work at a level two, for example, your surgical backup may be an hour away uh, over the phone. Um, so you may actually end up getting better trauma experience at a level two than you would at a level one, depending on how you look at it. The other thing is if you really, really care about trauma, you don't, they're going to tell you the percentage of penetrating versus blunt. You can look at the numbers and see how many patients they see. What you want to know is what is my role as an intern on trauma cases? What are, what are the, you know, what is my role as a second or third year? Who does trauma airways? You know, do I do any trauma ICU months? Um, you know, those type of questions that are going to go a little beyond what the website's going to offer that you actually might care about. I asked at every single place who did trauma airways, and you'd be surprised the vast uh, differences between programs on who handles trauma airways. Uh, you know, which brings me to another uh, point that um, hasn't come up yet, I don't think. Uh, another great question to ask when you're... Um, on these interviews is to simply ask, you know, what is the relationship like between emergency medicine and other services in the hospital? It's not something that you tend to think about as a student uh, because you're so busy trying to learn uh, how to approach patients, how to impress the residents and the attendings, and how to dress nicely for your interview that you don't really think about the job aspect of it so much. Uh, and I can tell you that the um, morale and the just how happy the residents are uh, has a lot to do with the amount of um, collegiality that there is between the services. And fortunately here, I think uh, we tend to get along well with all of the services. Uh, we tend to get along well with trauma, especially. But uh, we have a lot of support from anesthesia to, uh, for example, like Josh mentioned, to do our own trauma airways down in the department. You know, whether or not, uh, you know, the department really gets along well with the intensivist or really gets along with the surgical, uh, team uh, can make a big difference in just how happy you are doing your job as a resident. Due to the length of our interview Q&A session, we had to break this up into two separate episodes. So take a quick break, and when you're ready, tune in to part two.